And Jesus was like, what you talking about, Willis? Woman, I'm not saying either of those things. What he was trying to get her to see was that the location of our worship isn't as important as the mindset and the heart that we have as a worship. You're listening to The Traditional Millennial with Brittany Dotson, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps. Welcome back to The Traditional Millennial. I am your host, Brittany Dotson, and per usual, we are just diving right in today. So I was riding down the highway the other day, and I was thinking about the time that I spend with God and if it was truly enough and if it was aimed properly and if the intentionality was there. I've been saying a lot here lately that I want to spend more time with the Lord, and I want to make sure that during the day, all day, my time is spent in communion with God. But I'm not sure that I've been doing that the right way or going about it the right way. I think I've been taking for granted that God is everywhere and that God is with me. And since he is everywhere and he's with me, I automatically just know that he's always going to be in fellowship with me. But I had to ask myself, am I being intentional about my attention and my aiming my attention towards God on purpose? Am I praying on or with purpose? When I get in my car and I turn on my gospel jams, am I doing it with purpose? When I am humming a sweet melody in the grocery store, walking down the chip aisle, am I doing that on or with purpose? So today, I wanted to draw our attention towards a familiar passage in the Bible that speaks to our worship, who it should be focused on, who it should involve, and how it should be given. So let's talk about John 4 and 24. But before we do that, let's get a little background. So Jesus had a need to tend to in Samaria. The Bible says in verse 4 that he must needs go through Samaria. So if we look into geographical information, we'll see that going from Judea to Galilee, which was where they were going, meant traveling through the central territory of Samaria. And most Jews did everything that they could to avoid traveling through Samaria. The reason being going way back into their history. So if you go to 2 Kings 17, you'll be able to read more into this. But what happened was when the northern kingdom with its capital at Samaria, fell to Assyria, a lot of the Jews were exiled to Assyria. This was because of their disobedience. So foreigners were brought in to settle the land and to help keep the peace instead of the children of Israel. So the intermarriage between the foreigners and the remaining Jews resulted in a mixed race of people, which this mixed race of people, they were impure in the opinion of the Jews who were still living in the southern kingdom. So the pure Jews hated this mixed race of people called Samaritans because they felt that they had betrayed their people and their nation. So just a little history there for y'all about why the significance of Jesus needing to go through Samaria was so important. So in his journey to and through Samaria, he runs up on a woman at a well and they get to talking about water. And Jesus told her that if she drank from the water that he had, she would never thirst again because he is the living water. So this whole interaction really just speaks to how Jesus came to break down those cultural barriers and to teach us who and how to truly worship. So then Jesus kind of calls to the attention, the lifestyle of this woman, and she changes the subject. Of course, that's how we do. And she says to Jesus, your fathers worshiped in this mountain, which was Mount Gerizim. But you say that in Jerusalem is where men ought to worship. And Jesus was like, what you talking about, Willis? Woman, 
I'm not saying either of those things. What he was trying to get her to see was that the location of our worship isn't as important as the mindset and the heart that we have as a worshiper. So I'm going to stop right here really quickly and say this because I think it's important to know. I think a lot of people tend to think that because we are at church, that automatically qualifies us as a God worshiper, but it doesn't. Where, where is your heart? Where's your mind? Your body may be in a physical location, but your heart, your mind, your lifestyle, your behaviors outside of that worship experience may indicate that you aren't worshiping God at all because God dwells in holy places. And if your actions and your thoughts aren't geared towards holiness, then who are you really worshiping? You are not in a place spiritually that is truly indicative of the person you say you're worshiping. And we see this here with how Jesus brings to light this woman's, this woman's current living situation, her lifestyle. And he also breaks down her misguided and misinformed thoughts about who and how to worship. So let's keep going. Jesus then says, you worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. So he was telling her that only through the Messiah or through him would you come to know the true salvation. That is the only way you'll know. She may have very well read the scriptures, knew of the prophecy of Christ's coming, but she didn't know she was actually talking to this beacon of hope and salvation that came to die for the world and save us all. And now we get to the part that points to the purpose of this episode. But y'all know I like to give y'all background on things. So that's why we just went through all of that. So then Jesus says to her, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers, worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. Let's talk about God and who God is. So it, this scripture here tells us that God is spirit. So this is how God exists. He is not a, he is not a physical being who's limited to one place, which means our worship doesn't and shouldn't be limited to Sunday mornings during a church service. What we do for God should not just be limited to one day. We should not put ourselves and isolate ourselves as such that God does not need to be the one that we serve and the one that we worship and the one that we live for each and every day of our lives outside of four walls in a building. It shouldn't be that way. God is present everywhere and he can be worshiped at any time in any place. And when we do this, we have to make sure that we are doing it in the right way and that it's done in a way that gets God's attention. So first and foremost, worshiping God cannot happen without conversion of the heart, which means your mind has changed and is shifted towards a different object of devotion and affection. And this is what I meant earlier about who worship involves. Now, we know it should be focused on God, but as it deals with our involvement, it has to be done with our spirit man. Because again, if God is spirit and those that worship him must, must worship him 
in spirit, then we can't do this with the natural mind. We can't do this with the natural lifestyle. We can't do this thinking naturally and with our bodily senses. It's going to take the Holy Spirit in us if we have them, which means we have to be converted, which means we have to change the things that we do, which means we have to change the things that we say, because now we have become holy because the Holy Spirit is in us. So it's going to take the Holy Spirit in us to connect to the holiness and the person of God. That's the only way we're going to be able to worship God in spirit. So we have to have a changed mind, just like it tells us in Romans 12, in order to worship God. Can't happen any other way. And it has to be done in truth with a genuine heart, a heart that is fixed on serving and loving and giving all of ourselves to God. It's not done with our lips, but from within us. The Bible says this, says this, that it can't be that way. So just like we love our husband or wife or our children or our parents, we have to give that affection and attention and even more of that to God because he is the only one who deserves it in that way. So whenever we are presenting ourselves to God to worship him, let's make sure it's with purpose in mind. And that purpose should be according to God's standard for how to worship him. If you're at the store, be intentional about thinking on the goodness of God. Be intentional about singing good, good father in your car or singing along with the radio. Don't just take for granted that God is with you and that gives you an automatic means to worship. But make sure you are intentional about being with him. Fix your mind to say, God, not only do I know you're with me right now, but I want to take this time to come to you and sit at your feet. I I want to take this time to commune with you, talk to you, think about you, and just be with you. I want to worship you with purpose and with all that I have because you have given me all of you. Because when you think about it, God has given us all that is contained within himself. He's given us his love. He's given us his earth to dwell in. He's given us his wisdom, his power, his authority, his compassion, his spirit, and so much more. But most of all, he gave us himself in the flesh in the form of his son. So he truly does deserve all that we have. And we should give it all back to him in an effort to truly worship him in spirit, with a genuine heart, with a genuine mind, knowing that he is the only one who deserves all that we have. All right, y'all, that is a wrap for today's episode. I hope it blesses you. Listen, be sure to connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at Brittany Dotson Music and also on Twitter at IMBD Music. You know I would love to hear from you. Again, thanks for hanging out with me on The Traditional Millennial, where conventional meets contemporary and faith fills the gaps.